I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. You've heard of farm to table, but have you heard of farm to closet? This week, I'm speaking with Christy Baskoskas, founder of the California-based clothing brand Christy Dawn, who has set to integrate regenerative farming into her supply chain, partnering with a small cotton grower in India focused on responsible farming practices. After all, our skin is the largest organ in our body. Why wouldn't we care about what touches it the same way we care about the food we consume? Christy Dawn now leases land from existing farmers and along with their local partners, they have set out reworking and restoring the land using traditional practices that had worked in harmony with the earth prior to industrialized, intensive and chemical practices became the norm. Christy and her team have just launched their full collection made of garments they literally have grown themselves, proving that it is possible to create a new manufacturing approach entirely focused on healing the planet and caring for humans. Here is our conversation. All right. So Christy, thank you so much for joining me on The Brand is Female today. It's a pleasure speaking with you. And I'll ask you uh, the question I usually start these conversations with, which is growing up, what did you dream you would be doing later in life? And did it have anything to do with fashion at all? (laughs) Yeah, so I grew up in Northern California in a very small town. we had 10 acres of land and lots of farm animals and i was always outside playing with my animals wearing my thrift store dresses and just kind of dreaming up this imaginary world of mine and it was an amazing childhood i loved it very much until i kind of realized that i was placed in the middle of nowhere with very little opportunity (laughs) um so i would say when i was 13 i got scouted to be a model at the mall it's like your classic case of what you hear most models and that was that happened to me um and people had always told me because i was very tall and um, my aunts and friends of my mom like you should really be a model and i was so into sports and playing in the dirt with my pigs and my chickens it wasn't something that ever really crossed my mind until it did and uh So yeah, I got scouted when I was 13. I signed with a modeling agency um, shortly after, and I realized that there was so much out in the world that I wanted to explore and I wanted to be a part of. Um, And yeah, I think that if you were to ask me at that time if I wanted to be in the fashion industry, I knew I wanted to be, and at the time I thought that I would be a model. And I obviously knew that, you know, modeling could take you so far until you obviously have to find a new career path because you can't rely on your looks forever. Um, But it was definitely, it was definitely the industry that I wanted to be in. Um, And yeah, if you would have told me that I was going to have a clothing line shortly after my modeling career, I probably would have said, no, I don't think that's the case. (laughs) But uh, we're here now and now that that is the case 
And let's talk about that that brand mm-hmm. and and the la- the line you you launched. How did you come up with the idea uh, of launching mm-hmm. your own line, which also bears your name? And mm-hmm. uh, it was very clear for you from the start that it would be anchored in, in principles of sustainability and uh, renewable uh, uh, clothing. So what led you to that and why was it so important to have it based on those values? Yeah, so it's kind of a long story and I'll do my best to break it down and make it shorter. But um, so I was a model and I was modeling for about 10 years in the industry. And when I moved to LA, I was modeling for a lot of e-commerce brands, shooting like hundreds of looks a day in the studio. And while I was there, everyday modeling I would ask so many questions just to get an idea of like how does their production work um what does the stylist's job do what does the creative director do where do they source their clothing who sources clothing? who makes the clothing and um while I was modeling I would also create my own garments so I love thrifting and I love vintage finding and um, what I would do is I would shop thrift or vintage and I would take these dresses and I would recreate them with my local tailor at my dry cleaners and so while I was modeling I would get all these compliments on these dresses that I would make with my tailor and it was like this moment kind of clicked for me where I realized oh I could be doing this and I'm learning so much while I'm modeling Like, why don't I just start my own thing? I had no idea how to start my own brand. My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he had his own hat company. And um, I came home one day from shooting at a sustainable brand. And I worked there quite often. I was always really inspired by this brand, but also inspired for the great things they were doing and then also the not so great things that they were doing. And I came home and was kind of venting to my husband about it. And I said, you know, I'd really love to start my own brand and I don't even know how to do that, but just, can you just hear me out? And so he listened and listened and he turned around in his desk and he was like, I'll help you, let's do it. And I, oh, okay, yeah, let's do it. How do we do it? So that was the start of it. And I'll say that neither one of us will say that we're environmentalists. And even till this day, like it's not something that we claim to be what was cool about starting our own brand is that that's when we realized that we wanted to do something that was sustainable because this industry is so extractive we realized along the journey wow that this is where clothing is made this is how much it it costs to make something this is how little the people are getting paid oh this is what you dye the dresses with and then where do those chemicals go into the soil so it was really along the way that we realized that We were a part of something that was sustainable, but in fact, it wasn't necessarily helping the earth. We were just sustaining. And so along the journey, we've had these, you know, aha moments of what could we do to actually help the planet while creating these beautiful garments, which led us to our journey now with our farm to closet and our regenerative farm in India. So it's this really, you know, beautiful arc of the story of just trying something using dead stock fabric in the beginning because it was the best, most affordable option and also sustainable. But then as we evolved, realizing that we were a part of the problem Mm -hmm. because we were just sustaining. And 
for me, you know, I look around and I look at the world and I think that we can't keep sustaining this world that we're living in. So can we do something that's actually healing for the planet and for ourselves and for the people while selling clothing? And mm. we've answered it and yeah, we're doing it. So yeah, it's this really we beautiful learning. <laughs> which is amazing and congratulations for what you've already built and, and achieved. Um, and what you bring up as well is the, the human and social side uh, where I think we see a lot of brands who only embrace the, you know, we're, we're, I think the consumers are become, becoming more and more educated and familiar with the environmental impact of, uh, of fashion and, uh, and clothing specifically. Uh, but we often forget about the, the human uh, or social side. Um, so how, and, and I'm curious to know, how, uh, how was that process when, so when you started looking for, you know, who you'd be working with and, and it, you settled on, uh, on working with a farm in, in India, mm -hmm. um, what was that process like of trying to figure out who'd be a right partner and where they'd be located in the world? Yeah. So. For us, it really comes down to core values. Um, do we share the same core values with the people that we partner with? And for us, we do. And um, the story of how we found Nishant, our partner in India, is really this story of like beautiful divine timing. Um, so my husband, who's the CEO of Christy Dawn, he found, or he, he had this like moment. Well, I was sharing with him that you know, when we first started Christy Dawn, I remember looking at my clothing in my closet and putting it on and thinking like, who made this? Like, where does this dress come from? Like how many hands were involved in making this dress? Like I'm wearing this dress on my largest, the largest organ on my body. Like I want to know these things. And so then it led to this exploration of like, what if we grew our clothes? Because our clothes come from the earth. We just don't necessarily know that. Um, some, well, I mean, we know that, but we don't necessarily, not all of us care to know where our clothes come from, but it's just fibers that come from the earth. So then we had this idea, oh, we should start our own farm. And I don't know how we're going to do it. Same thing when we first launched, it's like, we don't know how we're going to do it, but let's see if we can do it. So Otis reached out to Rebecca from Fibershed and Rebecca, we asked Rebecca if she knew any farmers anywhere that had um, a regenerative cotton farm or that would be willing to partner with us on this project. And she said, you know, I don't know anybody, but let me think. And within two hours, she got an email from Nishant in India who had just listened to one of her podcasts. And he reached out to her and said, do you know any brands that are looking to start a regenerative farm? Um, I really want to partner with a brand and create something regeneratively. And then she emailed us a few hours after that and was like, you're never going to believe this. Um, this man reached out, he's looking to partner with a brand. So then we reached out to Nishant and then we leased four acres of land. We went out to meet him and he's been our partner ever since. And we've leased over 20, over 30 acres now. And that wow. was just two years ago. Yeah. So our wow. first farm was yeah, four that... acres and uh, it just keeps growing and evolving. But Nishant, like us, you know, we're not pros on regenerative farming. But the cool thing about regenerative practices is that it's just an 
a constant evolution of growing and learning and evolving. And all of us on this journey with regenerative, um, with our regenerative cotton farm, it is exactly that. We're like, okay, we're open. We want to learn. We want to. We want to grow. How do we do this? And every farm, we learn more and more. Um, so yeah, the story is really, really beautiful. It really is just a story of divine timing and being in the right time in the right place. AI was meant to be. Totally. Um, tell me about the challenges or, or you know lessons you learned when when you first started out. And I think for uh, a lot of entrepreneurs in the world of fashion. Uh, there can sometimes be uh, a hesitation to, um, it, it's not always obvious to completely align business practices with values uh, mm -hmm. because sometimes they don't make, you know, they don't make practical sense. They might not make uh, financial sense. Uh, mm -hmm. Were there any lessons or any challenges that, that you faced? Maybe something that, you know, if you had to do it over again, something you'd mm -hmm. do differently uh, based on your experience? Huh, let me think. Um, you know, I think it goes back to what I was just saying too about being on a regenerative like path. It's trying something and starting somewhere and knowing that like you may not have all the tools, but in order to figure it out, you kind of just have to start and you have to trust. Um, you know, there were so many learning lessons as far as like, you know, do we till the land? Because generally speaking, you normally wouldn't till the land on regenerative farming, but because the first farm was so devoid of life, we had to till the land to bring the nutrients back up into the soil. So, you know, and that's the other cool thing about just being on a regenerative um, path is that sometimes it looks like this and other times it looks like this, but they're all okay as long as the intention is there. And, and that's really important for us as a brand that the intention is there and that the heart is there because at the end of the day, when it is there, you will be gifted with the abundance of this cotton for this clothing, which then will heal the soil and hopefully heal ourselves as well. <laughs> um, so I love what you brought up around kind of that connection to the clothing we wear. And you were talking even earlier in the interview about how it's literally, it's, it's, you know, we wear it on the largest organ in our body. And I think we often forget that about clothes mm -hmm. and accessories, right? It's like, it's just an object, but mm -hmm. we forget that what makes this object and, you know, especially when they're natural fibers. And I think increasingly we're, we're more interested in having natural fibers. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's part of what we breed, it's on our skin. Um, and we care so much or we increasingly care about, you know, what we're eating and our connection to food and, and to farm. So I love that, that concept that you brought a farm, uh, farm to closet, right, mm -hmm. is, the, is yeah. the term. Um, so how can consumers in general um, make changes in their, their everyday lives to start having kind of that authentic connection mm -hmm. with because ultimately that way we're we're connecting back to nature and to land right mm -hmm. so what kind of changes can we make and maybe it's something that you put in practice in your own life so that we are more connected to our world to our land to nature mm -hmm. and ultimately i think this is part of the the healing cycle you're talking about so yeah. besides purchasing items from from your line <laughs> yeah yeah for sure more personal practices that can help you stay in 
in connection um, to yourself really in Mother Earth. But I always say, you know, start slowly if you're trying to like make a shift in life to be more in harmony with Mother Earth. Um, I think it's a balance, you know, um, not all of us can stop eating dairy or meat right away, but some of us can, um, you know, I think it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. Sorry, I'm, I'm fumbling because I'm wanting to say the right thing, but I think it can be sim. I think it can be simplified. Um, yeah. Okay. I think there are so many things that we can do to be in, in more alignment with ourselves and the earth. Um, for me, I choose to eat a very clean diet. I'm very sensitive. So I notice when I eat something that has a lot of sugar um, or gluten, I tend to you know, flare up and then it takes me out of my, my frequency. Um, I love to take my shoes and socks off and just plant my feet into the grass and get really grounded. I love laying in the sun. Um, I think, you know, making these subtle changes just for yourself is really where it starts because really if we don't make those changes for ourselves then the things that we're purchasing or that we're doing they're not going to really trickle out from anywhere else but from us and from our heart so i think really like finding that time to connect deeper with the earth your source the trees the plants eating really well and then hopefully you know asking questions where your clothes come from who makes them and you know you don't have to stop buying all fast fashion things because i know that like it's not necessarily affordable for everyone to shop sustainably hopefully in the next few years it will be because in order for us to actually make it affordable we all have to make this huge shift um but yeah i think you know starting there start with yourself because it really we have to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of anything else. This season of The Brennis Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect with workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. When it comes to running your business, and I asked you earlier about you know some of the challenges you face and knowing that you're trying to run a, a business and make decisions really focused on values, um, what does that translate into? And I'm, I'm curious to know if you have advice for entrepreneurs uh, who are trying to be more conscious and more aligned with values. And it's not, you know, I think when you have a, a, a company or mission that is purpose driven from the start, it's a bit easier in a way because you've anchored things, you know, the foundation is there and you've built it from, from that place from the start. Um, I think it can be harder for companies that have been in existence for a while and 
and it could be a company that's in manufacturing or another sector, but trying to shift to really doing things mm -hmm. based on values can be difficult. So yeah. what are things that maybe, you know, help you when you're when you are trying to just as you run your business on a on a daily basis mm -hmm. that, you know, people could draw inspiration from? Yeah, that's a great question. We always use these questions whenever we make any decisions at Christy Dawn. We always ask ourselves, is this going to hurt the planet? And is this going to hurt our people? And if the answer is yes, then we reroute and we go somewhere. We go a different route. Um, and it's really, for us, it's that simple because you know right away what the answer is. Um, but maybe the core values are different for somebody else. But for us, that's that's generally where we start with every decision that we make at Christy Dawn. Mm -hmm. And we've done that from the beginning. And we always like to say, you know, if you're in relationship with someone you don't want to hurt them or take from them. You want to give back because you're receiving. So that's that's where we usually start with our core values and we use those questions to guide us. Mm. I love how, you know, I love your integrity in, in, in doing <laughs> that, which really ultimately is the only way to do it. Um, which brings me to ask about, you know, what's changed uh, in our world. So over the past 14 months, not only have we lived through uh, a global pandemic, which has brought, uh, which has had a you know negative impact uh, on on uh, many of us around the world. Uh, women, especially, have been uh, you know suffering. We talk about a, a she session in certain cases. Uh, there's health inequities, and then racial inequities have come to light as well. And I always like to ask the question. You know, do you think that, because I'd like to think, I've, I've observed that I think for a lot of consumers, our, our global consciousness has uh, mm -hmm. risen and, and we've, you know, we, we, we realize how broken the system is and that real change is needed. Are you yeah. seeing that change happen? And do you think it's going to continue even as, you know, we, even as we build the post COVID world and mm -hmm. some somehow ret return to a level of normal, although I don't think we can go back to a, a real yeah. normal. Yeah, I love this topic because I think so much has come up to the surface for so many people where they've been able to really slow down and like feel their nervous system and see how active of a lifestyle that most of us live, especially as women and us moms and business owners. And even if you're not a business owner, just individually, we have all been through a lot this last year. And so much has been brought up in that time of um, the global pandemic. And, you know, I can only speak for myself. And I, I'll say that for me, I realized how fast paced I was moving all the time. And when the pandemic hit, it was this moment of like, oh, I don't have to be working in overtime like this. I can still be really efficient while taking care of myself at the same time. And I'll just say for me, like I, I felt like when that first lockdown hit, it was like I could take a breath, but also it was like, a breath, but then there's also so much fear, collective fear, you know. Um, but in this time, I do see this shift in consciousness for consumers. Um, you know, I see it just on Christy Dawn, like people asking more questions, people really caring about 
what they're wearing, what they're eating. Um, yeah, I think it's been a really informative time to see what truly matters for ourselves. And that's, you know, that's one blessing I'll take out of that this last 14 months is you get to really sit still and see like, do I want to be doing this? Why am I doing this? You get to really ask yourself these deeper, more meaningful questions and and hopefully you're able to hear the answers. Mm. And I mean, I love what you're bringing up and that you're noticing consumers are asking questions and, you know, bringing things up that maybe weren't as uh, top of mind for them before. And how, you know, and this is like the million dollar question, but what else needs to change in the, you know, in the current model when it comes to uh, fashion, but kind of, you know, any manufactured goods and that cycle of, of mm -hmm. over consuming, um, you know, apart from, it's great to see brands like yours that are really uh, breaking the barriers and creating, you know, that new paradigm. But for, uh, for the system that's already in place and a lot of brands that already have a way of doing things, you know, the broken mm -hmm. way of doing things, how can we make change happen? And I think a lot of that falls on, on consumers. So as mm -hmm. consumers as well, what, what kind yeah. of change can we uh, implement? Yeah, I think the current business model for most fashion brands is very extractive. And, you know, it's not working. And I see that the consumers are really waking up to that in all things in life, not just fashion, um, which I think is, is this really beautiful, also really painful time you know it's like it's really uncomfortable we're just sitting in this discomfort but we know it's shifting and it's like almost like birth a little bit it's really uncomfortable but you're birthing this new way of moving through the world or doing business in the world and um you know i always say to our consumers or people that ask me this question is like you get to ask questions you get to you know in in some ways you can also demand it in a really loving way but you get to ask questions and ask them like feel free to call brands out or or not call brands out but call them and ask them you know if it's instagram email them directly you know because the more people that do that the more it's going to come up internally for the brand to have to talk about it um i believe there's so much good in people and i see that there is this shift that's happening and so I'm really just like, ask questions, ask for what you want, you know, it's, it's our goal at Christie Dawn too, that, you know, with our farm to closet collection that we've created, we can create this roadmap for other brands to jump on board. And we can say, look, see, here's how we did it. Look, you can jump on with us. Um, here's all of our resources, please like come lease land. Let's do this together. We've written it all out for you. Um, you know, which we're really, we're pioneering something really, really big. And um, yeah, this last week when we launched the Farm to Closet, it was like, I really didn't have a moment to sink in and, and feel what was, what we were actually doing until like almost a few days ago. And I just had this moment of crying, of just like this sweet release of like joy and all the things just coming out. <laughs> And um, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful to see that, that there is a shift that's happening and we can pioneer it. And I'm just hoping that other brands and 
consumers can really pick up on it and see that we can heal. We can. Mm -hmm. And where, I, and I, somehow the phrasing for this question is coming up in a very cheesy way in my head. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, where, I like cheese. <laughs> cheesy. Um, in, you know, what, what's the roadmap for uh, Chrissy Dawn for the next, you know, five or 10 years? Where do you go from mm -hmm. here? And at the same time, what kind of change, what, or, or what's the next wave of change that you mm -hmm. think you'll be able to uh, implement and make happen with uh, with the practices that you're putting in place for the way you're producing yeah. and making clothes? Yeah, so our goal is to really only produce any garments from our farm. That's the goal. So in order to do that, we have to really be stewards of the land and lease more land and regenerate more soil. And through that, we can make all of our collection just from our farm right now we're still buying some organic cotton and using plant dyes and organic dyes to to plant uh sorry to dye the fabric with but our goal in the next hopefully two years maybe a little less we'll see is to really just work with mother nature and be in complete harmony with her and use the cotton that we've actually planted on our farm so we would truly just be a farm to closet collection all the time right yeah right well and that's and that's a great goal to have um how do you end up going back to a more practical question mm -hmm. so obviously you're uh, i'm assuming you're going back and forth uh which is no small feat these days uh, yeah. as we still have restrictions uh, on international travel and obviously you're working with india who is still yeah. badly hit uh, mm -hmm. by by the pandemic um how do you keep that balance and flow? Uh, you've mm -hmm. talked about some of the things that you do to stay connected, you know, to nature and, yeah. and, and grounded, uh, but you're, you're a mom as well. So um, how do you keep balance between your life as an entrepreneur and the travel you're doing and, and you know, personal mm -hmm. life? Yeah, well, this week I've literally worked from my bed every single day because... <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love that. Like, I, I love a good session from bed. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, and I'm going to be realistic. Like some weeks it is a lot of Christy Dawn's attention and other weeks it's like, okay, I have to, I got to hone it in and take care of myself. And maybe that means laying in bed and zooming in to all of our meetings, which also is lovely that we have that option now with Zoom. Um, but yeah, balancing it all. So my teacher once told me when I first started studying with him, this was my spiritual teacher that I've studied with for a while now. Um, he said to me that there's there's a tier in which we have to take care of ourselves. So it's like God, universe is at the top. Then it's you. Then it's your partner. Then it's your children. Then it's your business. Because if you're not taking care of you first, how do you take care of everything else underneath you? And I'll admit. I forget that quite often. Um, the last 14 months, I feel like I've been able to remind myself of that tier a lot more often. Um, but really, like you said, it's a balance. It's a balance and it's being human and it's being a mom and a woman and knowing that sometimes I have to just juggle it all because it's asking for me to. 
And other times I have to be quiet and know that I need this nourishing moment or this nourishing day so I can get back on my two feet to be able to manage it all. Um, but I think really it's just being honest with yourself and being aware of where you are so that you know when it's time to maybe go hop in bed or take a long bath or I can keep going. I got this. I'm a woman. I can multitask like nobody's business. <laughs> um, you know, and then at the end of the day, knowing that it's just a fashion brand, like they're just clothing. If something is delayed in customs or, you know, there's a lockdown and our people are threatened and they might get really sick, go take care of yourself. This is just clothing. We're good. We can figure out another way to generate sales so that the business can still be moving and we'll make it work. But just settling into that, knowing that no matter what, we're going to be okay. And this is just a clothing line. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, nothing else will fully function and work. Very good reminder. As a woman um, at, the, at the head of your, of your brand, uh, as a woman running your own business, and I, I know you're doing that with your partner, which, mm -hmm. which is great. What are some qualities you think you bring the table? You know, what, what does your feminine side um, or any side bring, <laughs> bring to, you know, to your uh, qualities in terms of leadership, in terms mm -hmm. of uh, just, you know, all the skills that you're able to bring to your role, basically? Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, it is me and my partner. <laughs> and I know this is the brand is female. <laughs> I'm like, this we, brand is female. We like male and, allies too. And male. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like behind a strong woman, there can be a very strong man. Um, yeah, so uh, admittedly, I will say Otis has to, Otis is my husband and the CEO. He has to do more of the like CEO type stuff. He's still very fun and very loving. Um, but I will admit that I get to kind of do more of the fun, soft things. I don't have to be the one to say like, hey, you're late or hey, whatever the thing may be, even though we don't really care if you're late. Um, but I would say, let's see, I think that my softness helps um, inspire people to do their work with a lot of pride versus what I see a lot in some leaders is that they like to instill fear into you to get you to move. And I think that just completely defeats the whole point of creating and collaborating. Um, I love to collaborate with my team. I think it's the most fun and nourishing thing. Um, I love to have fun. I love to laugh. I, I'd like to think that we have a very fun environment where people on our team still get their work done, but it is like I said, it feels inspiring for everybody and exciting. There's not this like, you have to do this now or else. There's no, none of that. Um, but yeah, I would say my soft nature, my uh, fun attitude, <laughs> and yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fun well, I think when you it's... have to say nice things about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> also a great reminder that should write some more mantras and stuff down about myself <laughs> <laughs> well i think you're also bringing like your your healing nature right mm -hmm. and and this is very much 
what's reflected in the ethos for your brand. Yes, thank um, you. Hearing, hearing you speak, I think that's very much part of who you are. And yes. typically that is a feminine quality, although uh, some men are blessed with it as well. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that reminder. You're right. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, what's How do you measure or define success both for business and in your personal life? Hmm. Um, for me, success is uninterrupted joy. Um, it's not giving anything else reason for my joy. It's just knowing that it exists and that I get to be the creator of that joy. That feels like success for me. As far as the business goes, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I think the same energy behind what I just said, but um, going back to what I said earlier around being in reciprocal relationships with our partners, that to me is success. When you know that every one of your stakeholders in the brand is fully taken care of and it's a win-win for everybody, that's successful. Mm. And that brings me to, and I actually, I think you've just given me my favorite definition of success that I've ever Aww. heard with <laughs> uninterrupted joy. Like that is mm. such a, I don't think I had heard that answer before. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good measure of success that I will, I will, I will ponder on that one. Um, mm -hmm. I find it, I always find it interesting when, you know, a couple also chooses to become business partners. And, and I wonder if that's something that was already established in your dynamic of, you know, knowing you'd be kind of building something together, you'd be, and you just talked about kind of that equality between partners mm -hmm. um, and how, you know, how did that process kind of shape up? And I'm sure it's not perfect all the time, but um, I'm just curious to know how that unfolded just in terms, again, of that equitable mm -hmm. partnership that you have. Yeah, I, when we first started Christy Dawn, it was definitely like him and I were holding all of it together. Um, I was leaning more into the creative and he was le leaning more into like the pragmatic things that needed to happen to get the, you know, the business to launch. And, um, you know, as we've evolved, we've realized that I, I definitely don't know much about business. I am learning so much from him as he is learning so much from me around the creative but as we've evolved we've kind of we were here and then we've taken our own routes while still managing to hold the business together but knowing that here's my strong suit over here in creative and here's your strong suit over here in you know the more business side of things um yeah and uh, it, it is a balance you know some days are most days are amazing and I wouldn't want it any other way because I get to, I get to create this whole thing with him, and it trickles down from him and I, and then we have this amazing team of people that get to then infuse their energy into their parts, and it's like, whoa, we're we've now put all of our energy into this brand, but it's trickled from him and I and our little seed that we've planted. Um, but yeah, we are married, we have kids together, and we work together. It's a lot. And some days require a little more patience and a little more space. Now we're working from home together, which is some days can be difficult. Um, but 
but yeah, I really, I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, I get to create with him every day and go to bed at night and talk about all the things we're inspired about. And then that trickles into our Zoom meeting the next day. Um, but yeah, you know, we're human and there are days where we can trigger each other because we're married and it happens, but mm -hmm. it's beautiful too. Constantly learning, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was some, some, you know, some, some good advice in there for uh, how to how to successfully run a business with a with a partner. Yeah. Um, and 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 actually, I was gonna say because you you mentioned to um, the energy that everybody on your team contributes to the project, right? And how it it all ends up kind of blending together. I'll give the dogs a second. <laughs> I think my kids just got home. It's, oh, yeah. it's when it's me talking, it doesn't matter if there's the okay, dogs, perfect. they'll be on your track so we can block it off. I'll just okay. make sure they're not, uh, they're not too loud when you're talking. Um, and I've noticed uh, just looking at your website and something I thought was really interesting. Uh, you also give a lot of space to uh, pretty much all, all the workers who are part of your team. So from people working on, you know, the farm and, and patterns and the, uh, the people cutting the garments, um, which is great. It's, and it's the, it's, it, it, again, it goes back to the comparison of we've, we've started having more interest in understanding, you know, who's growing our cucumbers and who's, if we, if we buy meat, like who's raising, you know, the, the, the animals that we're, mm -hmm. we're going to end up eating. And it's very interesting that we're now able to do that with like who's growing our cotton, literally. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's really beautiful that you're doing that. Thank you. I love featuring our team. I think it's so important and I think it's so special. Sometimes <laughs> some of our team members are really shy and I'm like, listen, this may be called Christy Dawn, but y'all are a huge part of this. Like, it's not just me doing everything. I can't, I can't do all of this. This is this is such a team effort and i think it's also important for consumers to see look at how many artists are involved in making this happen so thank you for that compliment because i i love that you love that and that's what it's meant for is for people to see it and love it and feel like a deeper connection to our brand and the people that are infusing that energy into the brand mm -hmm. And my last question, which is also my favorite question to ask everyone on the show, and it's what do you wish women would do less of, which I recently reformulated because I used to ask the question, what do you wish women would do more of until it was mm. brought to my attention? And it makes a lot of sense that women already do too much. So what's, <laughs> what's one thing you wish women yeah. would take off their plate, basically? I love that. Well, I was actually looking at that question and thinking, what do I wish I like could lean into more. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's okay yeah, for me to answer absolutely. that. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking on it and I was like, you know, there's this divine nature that all of us women carry. And you can see it if you've birthed a child that at least for me, when I birthed my first son, it was like, I just woke up to this power that existed in me and that exists in every single woman. It doesn't matter if you can't birth a child, if you will never birth a child. I looked at women in such a new light after I had my children and I realized that, wow, if I had known that that power and that, that 
actual like divine life force lived inside of women, I would never, ever, ever doubt myself or my powerful self. Um, but that's something that I wish, at least for me, I wish I knew that before I had children. I'm grateful I know that now, but we as women, we are so powerful. I mean, we usher life into this world and that exists in us all the time, no matter if you're pregnant or not. I mean, that life force is just running through us all the time. And that to me is just such a beautiful reminder of what us women can do to heal, to grow, to nourish, whatever, really, we could do whatever, honestly, is the reality that I've had. But um, yeah, honoring that, that divine life force that we as women carry, we can only carry that. Beautiful words, well said. And I love that we're actually hearing your children in the back as you're talking about that's perfect timing. Yeah, they're like, we hear you divine mom, get out here. <laughs> Well, that was great. Thank you so much. So Thank we'll you. we'll link up the uh, the collection and and your site. So congratulations on everything you've already built, and very excited to see more um more clothing coming from straight from the farm. Uh, yeah. Very very exciting. And thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Eva. It was so nice to chat with you. I appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brandis Female. You got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Yeah.